Next, I'd like to introduce. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? That boy is good. Good and terrible. You hold your breath when Shaquille O'Neal comes careening into your lap. He's going to give a special greeting to Daniel Baldwin right here. The brothers should have a boxing match against the Baldwin brothers. Really? We'll take them out in the first round. Who would you take on? Youngest, medium, old. On all three of them, actually. Now that I really think, yeah, I wouldn't need any help. I think you two dudes are going to become real homies. Where do we find these guys? Oh, man, I hate those guys. This is a special presentation, The Daniel Baldwin Show. Oh! <laughs> oh! We're live, and welcome to the Daniel Baldwin Show. I, I am Daniel Baldwin, and joining me today, Larry Dickman and mm. the incomparable Joshy Josh from the Mosh Pit. Now. That's right. The Daniel Baldwin <laughs> Show is live on ESPN Radio Syracuse. How do you get involved? Well, you know, for ESPN 44, 315-437-7644, text line is open and growing. That sounded bad. Open wow. and growing. It's open and growing. That sounds like a, like a herpes yes. breakout. But it's be, people are starting to get involved with this now, Daniel. Like, oh, that's where you're going. Okay. Lots of questions. Right. 288-0644. And on Twitter, at ESPN Syracuse. Happy Friday to you. And happy Friday to you, sir. I don't want to gloat or anything, but I'm wondering if we could pull up uh, the great one's prediction about the uh, Baltimore game and the Baltimore... Miami Dolphins game in the land of Poe with a leader named Joe. A mammal, not a fish, gets served on a dish. You heard it here, baby. Baltimore 40 and the Miami Dolphins nothing. That was a disaster. Yes, yes. But, I mean, it was foreseeable. It was foresawed. And it is now history in the it books. It is now history in the books. Absolutely it's, true. It's the great one. Now, let's talk about this game a little bit. Uh, you know, Joe Flacco, there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the news about now the infamous Joe Flacco slide. So Flacco is rolling out. He breaks the pocket. He's looking for a first down. Now, this is a six foot six, 230 pound quarterback who's running towards you and your defensive back. And you're looking to stop him from making said first down. So Kiko Alonso, oh, by the way, just so you know this, fun fact, mm-hmm. Kiko Alonso is a direct descendant of Amos Alonso Stag. Wow. Amos Alonso Stag, who had two national titles in football in 1905 and 1913 and carried a collegiate coaching record of 314 wins, 195 losses, and 35 ties. That's almost so obscure, Daniel, I believe it. Well, I almost do, I, was, I mean I'm, it was said here on the show. Of course, I mean, it must be fact. Got to be factual. Okay, so 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 looking at this one hit that we're talking about here, um, you know, the, I, I got to say, we have done so much in the NFL to coddle these guys now, and I, and I take nothing away from the value of a quarterback. I understand why they changed the rule, but when you break out and start running past the line of scrimmage with the ball, aren't you a running back? Aren't you running with a football and guys that are paid a lot of money to tackle you? And by the way, your eyes are the size of silver dollars when Mm -hmm. you see a quarterback running towards you upright, holding the ball. And at very last second, he does an awkward slide, which should supposedly prevent him. Get rid of this rule. 
Get rid of this rule. Yeah, what you're uh, pointing out is the fact that then there's a flag on the play because of the slide. You're not supposed to touch the player when they're in a slide. But the debate that you're bringing up is that, well, was it a late slide? Was it a slide to draw the penalty? And there's multiple levels of the penalty. Did he target him? Did he lead with his head? Did he, did he, did he, did he? Listen, it's a violent game. It's a game that you have to wear helmets and pads for because of the collision factor in the game to try to protect you. But if you make the choice of running the football or you have the ball in any way in a football game, I am going to try to take your head off your shoulders. I mean, if I'm the guy on the other side of the field, I'm trying to dislodge the ball from you. And by the way, if you hurt a guy on the other team because you tackle him so aggressively, guess what? He's out of the game. He's the best player at that position. Now, the next guy has to come in who's not as good as him. Isn't that a good thing? Aren't we telling our guys on defense, hit him as hard as you can? You're taking that out of the game now. I don't understand it. I really don't. Kiko Alonso said, quote, it was a bang-bang play and that he didn't intend to hurt the Ravens quarterback. Well, okay, so I I didn't play in the NFL, uh, but I will tell you that when I did play in high school and in college, the name of the game was Yes, I want to hurt him. I want to, not that I took a, an angle at his knee to dislodge him, but if I could hit him legitimately in the upper body and tackle him with my upper body, I was supposed to run at him as hard as I could. And when I played, it was before you weren't allowed to leave with your head. So you tried to bury your face mask right into his numbers and hit him. Knock him out cold if you could. There was no, you know, that was that was a bingo. You got up and you went, he's out. Mm-hmm. And you counted the amount of knockouts you had if you were a linebacker in college. How many guys did you knock uncomfortably? Conscious during the season. Got his clock. What was his clock cleaned? What was he, it? You rang his bell. Rang cleaned his, his bell. clock. Yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. Exactly. So if the guy went down and he didn't, and he didn't get up right away. Amen, man. That means some kid two years younger than him, who was you know a sophomore in college, now took the senior All Americans. That was a good. That was a bingo. That was good stuff. But that was also before the time of all the concussion research. And do you? What about the long term effects of that? You see what I'm saying? I see what you're saying about the 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 call. You don't, don't have know. to make excuses for me in the way I speak, Josh. Yeah. That's what you're trying to say. Yeah, no, I you but but you have to see the other side of the coin, which is what about all that we've then learned go play, now? Then go play baseball. Go play baseball. Really, honestly, I have no problem with that. Go play golf. Go play another sport. This is a contact that you tackle guys in the game. You hit them. You stick them. That was a great stick. What does that mean? So there's a technique now that you have to use to stick a guy and and hit him when you're running as a 240-pound athlete who works out seven days a week and takes steroids so he can get bigger and faster, and now I'm going to worry about what happens to the other guy that I hit? What happened? That's like saying you're going to have a crash-up derby. You know how you go to the racetrack and they have races and then they have the smash-em-up derby? Oh, only hit him in the back quarter panel. Don't, 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 Don't do a head-on collision. Because that can prove to be dangerous to the guy who's in the car, who knows he's in a smash-up derby, who's wearing a helmet, who has a Hans device on to protect his neck and his head. But he knows he's in a crash-up derby. You're in an NFL football game. You're playing against the best athletes to play football in the world. You know you run the, a very high propensity that you might get hurt. Why? What are you taking that out of the game for? That's part of the game. Leave Daniel the game. Baldwin Show talking the Joe Flacco slide. Texts are already coming in. And, of course, you can text Daniel right now, 2880644. He was sliding to get the first down. It wasn't an intentional call, meaning yeah. he wasn't going to get the flag. Listen, if you want to end this, then end this stupid sliding thing. If he goes down, you want to leave just as up. But you can't hit a quarterback, and you can't do this, and you can't do that. And I'll go further than that. Look at some of the other things they've done in this game. So there's no helmet to helmet. 
you can't have you can't run into a guy with your helmet and hit his helmet. Well, why? Why can't you do that? Again, you're going to tell me because studies have proven. Yeah, studies have proven. Well, I'll tell you now that your chances of getting injured due, a, due to a collision in sports are the highest in football because you collide. Absolutely that, yeah. You start the play with gigantic linemen slamming their flesh and their helmets and their pads into each other at the snap every every single down. So, you know, where does it end? You know, look what they've done. Look at one of the most exciting things, and I think we brought up Billy White Shoes Johnson in one of the first shows we did. You know, this was a really it's exciting when you see that guy kick the ball off and both teams running towards each other with one man with the ball and breaking away on a 95 or 100-yard kickoff return. That's been taken away from us because they moved the line of scrimmage where you kick the ball up, so almost every kicker in the NFL can kick it nine yards deep in the end zone, and essentially you don't ever see a run back ever again now. Change that. Why? They said that the kickoff, because both teams are running at each other and, and have enough velocity going by the time they've got 20, 30 yards, that it's the highest accident-prone play in the game. Yes, that's why starters don't play in that. They have guys that don't start in the team, that are trying to work their way into the lineup, that are suicide guys. It's called Suicide Squad. So they go out there and they throw their bodies and, 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 you know, and, and they do what they have to do in order to create that exciting play. That's out of football now. It's terrible that that's out of football. Bring the ball back and kick it from where they used to so it lands on the goal line, which is the average about where each kicker would kick it to, and let the guy make the choice whether he wants to run it out of the end zone for one of the most exciting plays in the game, and they've ruined it by taking that out. Off the text line, Daniel, I've seen several instances where a quarterback is going to run out of bounds on the defensive play, trying to do the right thing, eases up and doesn't touch him, and then the quarterback gets another five yards. Meaning they don't hit the QB, thinking he's going to run out of, run out of bounds, and the QB if takes con- five more yards. So, so, so let's take a look at that. That's a good point. So if contact is made when any part of the quarterback is still on the playing field, unless his foot has stepped out of bounds. So if he's still, so if he's striding to go out of bounds, put the last foot, then clock him, take him out. And that'll make him think about turning a couple yards earlier. Unless he looks, look, I've seen quarterbacks who, with this rule in there, knew they had to get to the 40 and they didn't step out at the 30 and dove forward. Great. God bless him. That guy has got guts. He knows what it takes to get a first down and keep the clock going. And, 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 and he's going to go ahead and do what he has to do for his team. But if you're going to run the ball and clobber a guy out of bounds, it doesn't matter what position he plays. You're going to draw a flag. And for that, you could say if it's flagrant and you hammered him three steps out of bounds or something, then that should be a flagrant. The guy's kicked out. I get that. But if this did not happen that way, Flacco is not not really well versed, I guess, at sliding. So he kind of pop- he actually one game slid so awkwardly he broke his knee brace and had to come out of a game several games earlier because he obviously isn't that proficient at sliding. So, but with that said, this is a different thing. If you're on the playing field, because any player falls under that that rule that you're just talking about. That if you get slammed, or I've seen a a defensive back slow up because he thought the quarterback was going out of bounds. Well, until the quarterback goes out of bounds, you can clobber him if he doesn't slide. So, how does that apply to what we're talking about? What I'm talking about is a quarterback is a running back once he steps across the line of scrimmage of the ball or breaks the pocket. He should be fair game to hit any way you want to. Look, you could take a quarterback, and this used to be done, a quarterback that has a bad knee and a defensive back would dive down in his legs if he broke and started rolling out. He'd hit him intentionally in the leg because he knew he had a bad wheel. You wanted to knock him out of the game. Now, 
I never was really a proponent of that. I always thought that was kind of a cheap shot, taking advantage of a guy who's got a bad wheel. But it was done, and it was accepted to be done. Um, you know, this is a different story. I think I don't think that was an illegal hit. I don't. I think Flacco, and I don't think he hit him head-to-head. His shoulder hit him in the head. It just happened to be a bad coincidence. But I think if you run the ball, you know, and you don't hit the brakes and, and lay out before, Flacco wanted to get a first down. He tried to stretch that slide as far as he could to get the first down. And, you know, and at the time, the game was a, a closer game. That, you know, but he still had the game won. I mean, Miami, what did they get, two first downs the whole game or mm-hmm. something? They were terrible. Which the great one predicted accurately. Predicted accurately. Close. Well, Close. we are out the gate firing on all cylinders. Daniel Baldwin show live here on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Text line is open. We will hit our first break. Come back. Uh, lots to still get to here. And a, and a surprise mystery guest. And a surprise mystery guest with a game involved. I'm very excited about this. So keep it locked right here. ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is a special presentation. The Daniel Baldwin Show. The Daniel Baldwin Show, live on ESPN Radio, Syracuse. Of course, 315-288-0644. Daniel, please introduce your special guest today. Let me tell you, in the family, um, I have always answered, where are you with the siblings in the sibling order? Mm. And I answer always this way. There's Beth, Alec, Daniel, Billy, Jane, and Stephen. So that makes me number three of the siblings, number two of the boys, but number one in your heart. Oh, that's but there, true. But that means that there is, above all of the boys, above Alec and I, there is a matriarch of the Baldwin siblings. Ladies and gentlemen, exclusively and for the first time, live on the Daniel Baldwin Show here at ESPN Radio Syracuse, I give you my sister, Beth Baldwin. Beth, Hi. Hi, how are you? Beth Baldwin, and she's going to share with us everything she knows as Josh runs the competition. Yeah. So what what I under what I like about you, Beth, is that you're the oldest sibling. I too am the oldest sibling. And there's a lot of stresses that come with that. Yeah, absolutely. Worrying about your younger siblings, what they're out there doing. You've told me stories off air that uh, you get nervous. You worry what your younger siblings are doing. And you want to tell on them so that they're you want to tell on them. Correct. (laughs) Keep it off yourself. So I've put together a quick quiz here where I'm going to quiz you on your four brothers. Now, you do have a sister. Yes, but my we're, sister Jane. We're going to stick to the four brothers mm-hmm. where I ask you questions and you tell me what you think is the answer. Now, you claim to know a lot about your family, mm-hmm. family Just, history, mm-hmm. the whole. Certainly do. Uh, Alec born in Amityville, and then everybody goes to Massapequa, right? Yes. Okay. All I was right. born in Amityville, too. Amityville, sure. I was sure. born in Amityville. Brunswick? Were you? Brunswick I was. Brunswick Hospital. Hospital. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank okay. you. Okay. Very nice. All right. So, Larry Dickman, whenever you're ready, shall we start the music? Let's play Baldwin Brothers Quiz, or whatever we'll call it. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Where we ask the eldest Baldwin of the siblings... Questions about her brothers. Miss Beth? Mm-hmm. Yes. This one might be easy, but who is your shortest brother? Steven. Who is your tallest brother? Billy. That is incorrect. Daniel, can you steal? Who is the tallest Baldwin brother? According to the internet. Daniel. Daniel and Alec are both mm-hmm. tied at six foot two, according to the internet. Now is Alec lying? 
Is he lying about his height? Alec is lying about his height. Beth was he actually. I'm, go- I'm, go- I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. that I think um, it's I'm taller than Alec. Billy is the tallest of the ball. Is yeah. he really? Yes. 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 He is listed as six foot zero on the internet. No, no. Billy's like almost six three. Yes. Very interesting. So I'm going to give Beth that point. So do not believe everything you read on the no, internet. And Stephen is the shortest. Beth, which one of your brothers can operate a submarine? Has learned to operate a submarine. Daniel. That is incorrect. I would say that that would have to be from Hunt for an October, Alec. That would be correct, yes. Oh, that's Thank you. Steel. That was a, yeah, that was... Thank you. Now, Thank you. a trend among your brothers is they have all played detectives in some way, shape, or form. They've all been detective something. I'm going to give you a detective. You tell me who played that role as we play the Baldwin Brother quiz here with the sibling, eldest sibling, Beth Baldwin. Who played Detective Brian Elbert? Who played the role of Detective Brian (laughs) Elbert? I don't know that one. Got to guess. You got to get a one and four shot. Xander. Xander. Xander is Alec, my brother Alec. Alexander. <laughs> Alexander. We call him Xander. Incorrect. Xander. That is incorrect. I would say that would be Billy Baldwin. That would be Billy Baldwin. Big uh-huh. screen. Big Billy screen. Billy. Was a guest on the show. Who played Detective Nick? Just simply Detective Nick. I love she's. I love she's looking at me, trying to get answer. some kind of I want an answer, but he mm-hmm. wants to win. Mm-hmm. Good, uh, Daniel. Uh, incorrect. Incorrect. I would say that would be Steven. Steven. <laughs> what the fuck? They got a 50-50 shot. Detective Frank Hughes. Xander. Alec. Incorrect. Daniel. Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get a chance to steal and say anything. Brazen on this now. No points. Well, All right. <laughs> she's bombing. How many times? Now, this is according to the internet. I don't know the actual, if this is wrong, you can text me. How many times total have all of your brothers been married? Total marriages. Okay. Oh, give me a second. For all of your give brothers. Give me a second. Go ahead. One. Play the music there, uh, okay, uh, Larry. Seven. My answer is seven. Shut up. <laughs> seven. <laughs> the answer is seven. It is seven. Congratulations. I, I, I chimed in first. You did. It Thank doesn't you. matter. Can I get a buzzer on her? You weren't she allowed. She was counting on all of her fingers and toes. Right. Well, especially on you. I just, I, I just, I just counted out how that much was money the I was out. Uh, right. Yo, did he marry that one? No, he wasn't married. Was he, he was married? just with her a long time. Was he married? Time. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, can you name the birth years of all four oh God, of, of your brothers? Can. Oh, I've got to go backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, 58. Uh, 55. 50, no, I'm... Okay, wait. 58. <laughs> Shut up. 58 to 60. 60. 62. And Stephen would be 66 or 65? 66. Stephen is 66. William, 63. Three. Okay. 63. Yeah, so okay. it would be 58, 60, 63, 66. Ladies I, I, and gentlemen. Fine showing. Fine what, what showing. What is she as a parting gift, Larry? Larry, what do we award? <laughs> Beautiful Beth Baldwin. Mm, nothing. No! Oh! Larry is heartless. <laughs> terrible.
I'm so sorry. sorry. Terrible, terrible. So sorry. Oh. So sorry. You can have my pen. <laughs> <laughs> the comedy stylist of Larry Dickman, ladies and gentlemen. He's really fantastic. You told me too, uh, and people have asked me already this morning, Daniel, the update on the television situation at the house. If you if you listen to yesterday's Daniel Baldwin show, he had another special guest in here, his lovely wife, <laughs> who uh, I think he exposed likes to watch while they... She's Chauncey Gardner. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Chauncey Gardner? No, I don't, but it oh my sounds God. dirty. Chauncey Gardner was the character in the movie Being There, mm-hmm. and he says, I like to watch, Eve. So anyway, you have to go back. That's that's real Hollywood. I like Hollywood to trivia. watch. I like to watch, Eve. So do you uh, you discussed- So here's the, uh, here's the update. Yeah. So we go through the show yesterday, and Robin starts uh, crying about the fact that we have the debate about having the TV in the bedroom. Now, Robin, who- you know, we didn't really get to get into this, went to the store with me to Walmart and bought this gigantic TV to mm-hmm. have in the room so we can watch movies and have fun and blah, 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 blah. So now, last night, I go upstairs, I put the kids to bed, I, we, we pray, they go to sleep, I roll in, I turn on to see how the great Nostra Daniel is doing, and I fall asleep 10 minutes into the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I barely see any of it. I see Baltimore, I knew already that we're going to mow them down. So I wake up, like late in the fourth quarter, and Robin is sitting up with the pillows propped, watching the football game wow. in our bed. Wow. And this is hours into the game now. And I looked up and I went, are you really watching him? She goes, yeah, they're playing Miami. I figured I watched because she's from Florida. Right, 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 right. I went, so you big dog me on the show. Make me look like a complete idiot that's watching TV and you don't want to see it. You don't want to have it. The room has to be dark. I want the TV out. Blah, 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 blah. And you're watching an NFL football game the same night as you bitched about it on the show. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's married life. Unbelievable. I mean, Unbelievable. Come on now. That's how it goes. You know that now. Unbelievable. You, know you can't that. believe it. <laughs> and and there's a Porsche Cayenne involved now. Oh but, my goodness. Yeah. So you know what? I'm, I mean, Is it Larry Dickman's Porsche Cayenne? <laughs> you know what? I want Larry. I want Larry to give it as a door prize. Unbelievable. To me. Yes. Yeah. yeah There's your it. parting gift, Beth. There it is, Beth. Porsche and Cayenne. you win a Porsche. ESPN Radio Syracuse on Twitter two eight eight zero six four four is the text line. You are listening to the Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Did you miss In the Booth with Matt Park? If you're Dwight Freeney, who doesn't need the money at this stage, but can contribute as a pass rusher in very specialized situations, why not go there in a culture that really supports his style of play? If I was Dwight Freeney, I would have been done two years ago. But apparently, the love of the game drives people to keep playing. Yeah, I don't know that you and Dwight Freeney have a whole lot in common. No, he's pretty good at what he does. In the Booth, two to three weekdays. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 AM and 1440 AM. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. This is a special presentation, The Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey! ESPN Syracuse on Twitter, 288-0644. Daniel Baldwin Show here in your ear holes. Daniel, off the text line. Daniel, I live in Canastota. Keep up the good work on your cause. If you need any help, let me know. God bless Ron. Look Thank at that. you, Ron. That's so nice, Ron. Thank you. Ron, there's somebody out there that wants to help. I like Ron. Get him two tickets to the uh, Who's the Money Video Show. The what? I don't know. I just yeah, made it's coming out. We'll make sure he. We'll make sure he's there. Ron, you're in. Ron, you're in courtside. Ron, definitely, definitely, right in the show. Um, uh, baseball tonight. Astros back home. 
Is this the biggest game of the of the series? Really think about it. So Houston steals. I, I would say, besides whatever game closes it out, that this is the most important game. This is it because Houston was able to steal a game in LA, changing uh, the the home field advantage that the Dodgers had, and now they're coming in. They're poised. Uh, with with a really tough pitcher, and one of the few times you'll see in interleague play um, that you have a pitcher that actually had experience this season, the Dodger picture, pitcher, um, Darvish, pitched against the Astros because he came from another another league and crossed over to the Dodgers. So that that I think is a great advantage. He's he's had experience. I think he had like, like seven seven games this season that he pitched against them. Um, and this guy's hot right now. This is the Japanese, you know, uh, uh, guru right now that everyone's talking about. He was one and one against the Astros um, uh, when he was with the Rangers this year. Uh, in his his, uh, and this is weird. In his home, in his away game against against the Astros when he played for the Rangers this season, he smoked them in 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 a, a Minute Maid Park. He threw a one run. One hitter in seven innings. I mean, that's pretty hot on the road. Yeah. But at home, he on June second he was home against them with the Rangers then, and uh, he got beat up. Seven hits, three runs, uh, and they and they knocked him out and he lost. So he's got experience playing well at Minute Maid Park. You know, the question is which you shows up. You Darvish. You Darvish. He's an Olympic baseball pitcher as well, too. He played on the World Olympic uh, baseball team for Beijing. The Beijing Olympics, World Baseball Classic, as a member of the Japanese national team. How did he do in that game? How did he do in that series? Let me, I don't know. Let me look. I mean, this is a guy who's been in some high-pressure games. I want to know what his record was. I don't know. I'm bringing it up right now. Uh, that's what we go to Larry Dickman for, usually. Larry's gone. Beijing Olympics. Um, 0 for 1. So he was a loser, was a loser under yeah. the spotlight. Bronze wasn't medal match. Finished tournament 0 1. Wow. 10 strikeouts and seven innings pitched. So you, Darvish, you means excellence, superiority, gentleness, distant, leisurely, brave. Wow. What do we think? Do we think this goes seven? We think this goes all seven? I got to tell you. That you may need to bring the great one in later on to talk oh, about this. That's exciting. You may need to bring the great one in to discuss what he thinks. Because I looked into the bowl and I have answers for you. Guys. Ooh, well then I look forward to that prediction. Of course. But tonight is an important game, like you said. I, I think it is a turning point game. You're tied up. You want to. Uh, you want to see some some action. Mm-hmm. And uh, but oddly enough, if you search Houston right now, the heat isn't all on the Astros. There's actually. He down the Texans right now for what their owner said regarding uh, their NFL team. He said, quote, the inmates are running the prison. He had to make the apology for that. And now there's all kinds of hubbub kicked up around that. Well, okay, so you know, there's a few things to talk about about this. So the owner makes some comments that I, you know, I, I doubt he, he, meant, he meant it the way people are trying to stretch it into. But he brought up a great point, and that's what I said about this kneeling thing earlier. If your form of protest is such that it offends 
many, many military families, many, many patriotic Americans. I can remember the number of flags that were flying outside of cars after 9-11 as a show of solidarity in this country like I had never seen before. It was like when the war was declared, you know, World War II was declared over and all of America jumped to the streets, you know, USA, USA, we won the Olympic gold medal in hockey here in the state of New York. And, and, you know, I mean, so some of those great patriotic moments, and yet here we are in the form of protest. And my biggest problem with it, although I have a real issue with kneeling during the national anthem, for me, I, I support those people who have said, we fight in this country for the freedom to be able to do just that if that's what you choose to do. I understand that. But long lost is the actual reason why Kaepernick knelt the first time. I don't hear anyone talking about violence with police departments in Chicago and Black Lives Matter and you know a, a variety of issues that came up as the subject for which this man decided and then many, many others decided after him. When they really decided, and it became a big, big epidemic of kneeling in the NFL, was when the President of the United States chimed in and said his opinion about it. And then suddenly everyone, as a political statement against the president to show their displeasure with the president of the United States, decided to use this entity as a way to show their protest, which again has diluted the original reason why Kaepernick decided to take a knee. Long lost are us looking at all at the issue at hand as to why he claims that he went down on one knee. And now it's become an anti-Trump move in some ways. So this comment that was made is because the owners got together and they realized that what really matters is hitting him at the pump. And you know that expression because when we get hit at the pump, the gas prices go up and suddenly we protest and we show our displeasure for that. And, and, and the reason why I use that as the analogy is the NFL is suffering its all-time lows in stadium attendance and people are boycotting watching it on TV, Ratings, which, mean, yeah. which means, translation, dollars and cents. If I'm somebody who's selling cars and I run a big ad that I'm going to put on Monday Night Football and the audience drops 30%, so does the amount of money that you're able to command for that commercial time. So the NFL is making less money, the networks are making less money, and suddenly all the owners want to get together and talk about this whole kneeling thing. Jerry Jones, I think, had it down. If I own a team and the NFL exercises the right to have me pull out my, my pull my pants down and urinate in a cup to test me whether I'm using drugs and is able to tell me what they're going to sanction me because of a domestic violence charge and get involved in my life in many, many different ways beyond what a normal job does, then the NFL has the power to tell a guy like Jerry Jones that on my team, if you take a knee, you don't play. And I told you what the ultimate protest would be. If you wanted to really show me something as a player, when they say first team on the field, take a knee and say, I'm not going to play. Say, I'm not going to play to show my protest for what's happening to African-Americans and discrimination around the country. And I'm going to show you that because I'm, not, I'm refusing to play. How come none of them do that? They don't do it because it would cost them money and they're not going to take a chance to do that because they don't believe in it that much. That's why they don't do it. So why doesn't Jerry Jones have the right to turn around and say, on my team, if you take a knee, you're not going to play? He didn't say you can't take a knee, and he didn't say I wasn't going to pay you if you took a knee. He said you're not going to play. So the love of the game and playing enough and endorsement deals that those guys have is enough to keep them from, from, from showing their, their, their displeasure for what's going on by not playing. What they're going to do is they're going to continue to kneel until the owners of the NFL team say, 
you're not allowed to kneel anymore, you don't play. And they're all going to say it. The, the league itself, I believe that Roger Goodell is going to come out with this is cause and he'll find some reason to say it, and he has to. Because they're going to go under. I mean, I'm telling you, this won't take long for if this if this continues on the trend that you're right now. You can't pay those kinds of contracts. What if they just signed... Uh, uh, there was somebody they said they just signed for the equivalent of it. It's almost a million dollars a game now that they're going to pay this one athlete. So, and I don't recall who it was, but at a million dollars a game, sixteen million. Those guys are make more than that. These guys make fifty, sixty million dollars a season to play football now. So, how are you going to make it on thirty percent less? And it's only going to plunge more the amount of money that they're losing until they change this rule. And when they change the rule, you'll see the fans come back. So I say, step in, change the rule, find another way to protest it. Unless you want to actually make the ultimate sacrifice and say, I believe so strongly in this issue, I'm not going to play. I told you, go rent the movie Amazing Grace and Chuck. It is a phenomenal film where Alex English, the Denver Nuggets basketball player, plays himself in the movie. And a young baseball player who's 13 years old gets to go with his class to visit a nuclear silo because his father's in, in the military. And he comes back after seeing and has a series of bad dreams. And the little boy says to his dad, about to start in the championship series against the other team. And he goes, I can't pitch today, Dad. I'm not going to pitch. And the father's the coach. And he goes, what are you talking about, Chuck? And he said, I can't pitch. I, I can't support a country. And the only thing that I can do to show everybody that it matters to me about these nuclear weapons, and I'm very frightened of what the capability of these bombs are. So I'm going to sit out and forfeit as the best pitcher in the league. And so Amazing Grace is Alex English, who's, who reads this article in the newspaper about this kid. And he goes, you know what? I'm not playing in the NBA. The best player in the NBA says, I'm not going to play. And suddenly a rash of athletes throughout. And this is a great movie about this. So that I believe in. That I would believe in. Do that. Take a knee and don't play this Sunday. Let's see who's going to do it. Second week, I'm offering it up, and no one's done it yet. Let's see if anyone takes me up on it. You're listening to The Daniel Baldwin Show. Get your opinions in 2880644. We'll come back. CSPN Radio Syracuse. This is a special presentation. The Daniel Baldwin Show. And this is a special hail, hail for Larry Dickman. Hail, hail. <laughs> All day long here on ESPN Syracuse, we've got your chance to see an advanced greeting of ESPN's 30 for 30 Nature Boy, the Ric Flair story at the Red House Arts Center on Thursday, November 2nd, less than a week away. Get your exclusive behind-the-scenes look at that legendary wrestler before it airs on TV. Winners will see the movie, have a chance to win a complete 30 for 30 library. Enjoy a free meal and after stick around with a Q&A with the one and only Brent Axe brought to you by United Auto Supply and ESPN Radio Syracuse. Caller 5 right now. We're hooking you up. Candyman's out there answering phones. 4 ESPN 44. That's 315-437-7644. Who can give you tickets and lace them with LSD? <laughs> the Candyman can. I wouldn't mind that. That's a good go. night. Yeah! Thank you. Thank you. The crowd goes insane. They do. Uh, did you know that on this day in 1995, the Cleveland Browns moved to Baltimore on this exact date? Now, I remember when Ursay took them out of Cleveland, and there was a famous shot of the United van lines leaving at like 2 o'clock in the morning because you were so afraid yeah. of what the, the dog pound and the rest of the big Cleveland fans were going to do. So he slipped them out in the middle of the night. I know because I was doing Homicide in Baltimore, and they were so excited about getting an NFL franchise back there. Uh, and, and also on this day, 
in 2004, the Red Sox win the World Series for the first time in 86 years. Yeah, that was a big one. Brent X coming up after us. That was That's a big moment for him. That was, that was a big moment. He's so, a Red Sox guy. Tiger Woods is in the news. What do you think? Tiger Woods has pled guilty to uh, reckless driving when he got that D-weed. Now, he was supposed, supposedly on some pain meds and maybe a couple of other things, and he uh, has pled guilty to uh, just driving recklessly as he had high pain, anxiety, and sleeping medications, plus THC, you know, in the, in, in the green, you know, in his, in his system at the time of the arrest. And this has not bode well for him in the past. I believe he pled guilty to reckless hookering oh. early in his career. <laughs> waiting for anything yeah, from Larry. Yeah, waiting for anything from Larry. It's Larry? my favorite. Larry, do a, do, do a your version is. of Hey, Hey. Oh. Give me a hey. <laughs> you know what I'm looking for to the most, Daniel, is I think that... Uh, I think that as we make this a... <laughs> Why does Larry's hey sound like my grandfather trying to get off the toilet? Because hey, it's what, what is it that? is. That it's was what terrifying, Larry. <laughs> what I'm looking forward to the most, Daniel, as uh, we spoke to the uh, great Ed Levine today, and uh, making here the Daniel Walden Show kind of a mainstay here on the station, is getting some cameras in here so you can all see... The reactions of Daniel Baldwin and Larry Dickman. <laughs> you know what? Listen, listen, and, 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 and for having the intestinal fortitude to put up with that, the great Ed Levine yes. is making some executive decisions. Don't be surprised if we have some cameras in here. You can actually see my lovely sister, Beth. Aww. Beth, anything about that? Should we have cameras? No. No? No. <laughs> No. <laughs> a great, Whoa. a great supporter. Behind the scenes stays behind the scenes. Oh. What happens? What happens on the Daniel Bowen yeah. show stays on the Daniel Bowen. Yes. I want photographic proof. Yeah, that. I, I think there's so much visually happening in here that the audience isn't even with. Exactly, like you've never seen my Canadian flag. Uh, no, I've not. Hello. Yeah, but you're gonna all go after Larry. We're all gonna go after Larry on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you say that? Larry's a handsome man, Bayshore man. We're all gonna go after him. But we, uh, we, because Daniel and I'll get riffing on something, and Larry is just stoic. He doesn't move over here. Right. He we should have that. We should, That was so good that uh, we have to have that as a button. Yeah. Give it another one. G- yeah, give me, you don't give have me to try to duplicate it. He'll never duplicate. He it. Never try to duplicate right. it. Go ahead. Mm, I can't. Yeah, see? <laughs> I told you. He's going to have to go back and get it as a button. He'll never be able to duplicate it. I know. He can't. Larry he Dickman. Won't. So, what are you worried about him. having him on camera for? He'll never duplicate anything. He'll just be Larry. Larry. I'm not very good at my job. You won't uh, do No, he's, he's great he's at his phenomenal job. We just don't want to watch him. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he's, not, he's not visually appealing. That's but correct. He's good at pushing the buttons. You don't have a headset on right now, so you can't you can hear, hear all the sound, sound effects. Oh, yeah. he's brilliant. He is, you know, uh, he's like the Moog synthesizer of of, of noise and, and distractions. Oh, yeah, he's very good. But at. lovely Beth very. Baldwin, we're slowly running out of time. What do you think about your uh, little brother having a radio show here? Having I a sports radio show? I think it's great. He's he's a world of knowledge when it comes to sports, always has been. He's always been an excellent athlete, superior. That's mm-hmm. one of his, he probably could have played pro of something. Oh. Yeah, it's probably golf. Would you say he's your most athletic of the brothers? Yes, absolutely. Wow. That was an easy one. That was an easy one. Very nice. Very good. Well, when you had a dad like our dad, you you know, he was trying to please in some way. What were you saying outside in the halls about how your your mom was always afraid your dad might hurt Daniel in the game? Well, yes. My dad was, there were two high schools in the same town. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad was the football coach on the one high school, and we had to go to the other high school. We didn't go to the same high school Mm -hmm. with our dad. 
and my brothers all played competitively against my dad's team. And I think it was 30 years dad's team won mm-hmm. at Massapequa High School. And the 31st year, you know, the all bets on, I don't know if it was Daniel's year or Alex's no, year. Alec beat him one time. I lost him three times, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. But he called plays. My mother would say, don't hurt your sons when you're out <laughs> So you, you have to understand that there's eight games in a season. No Seven games in a row. Or not, or the last game every year was the burner Massapequa game we played my dad. Mm-hmm. So that week, when the seventh game ended, it started in the house, the smack talk. You're going down, old man! You know I mean? We were at it in the house for six days until we met him Thanksgiving Day. We yes. played him Thanksgiving Day and then came home to have Thanksgiving dinner. One person really happy, the other one really upset. Wow. And I lost to him in three years old. My senior year, I lost 3 nothing on a 29-yard field goal the last play of the game. And my father would run plays at me. He'd look at me in the sides and go, mm. here we come. And he'd send six guys at me just to try to blow Half me time, up. Halftime, he'd it. rent a, a horse with a Massapequa Indian chief and spear the burner bison. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Halftime. Yeah. Loved, These are the kind it. of stories you're going to get. He loved it. On the Daniel Baldwin Show. All right, we got to wrap it up. we got to hand it over to Brent Axe, of course. We'll be back Monday with a lot of updates as we get ready to count down to SU down in Florida and so on and so on. So on Daniel Baldwin on Twitter, K-Rock Josh on Twitter, ESPN Syracuse on Twitter. We'll talk to you guys Monday. Brent Axe up next. This is ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is Orange Nation. Would you rather have dinner with Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless? Skip it. Neither. I'm fasting. <laughs> That's a great answer. Um, I can't stand Skip, so I'd take Stephen A. For what it's worth, Stephen A does know NBA, and he does know basketball. Skip. I'm not sure Skip knows anything. Orange Nation, noon to 2. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 AM, and 1440 AM.